And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Put your head on my shoulder, hold me in your arms, baby, squeeze me all so The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror! <laughs> well, Hello, and welcome to the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror Self-Improvement Seminar. Today, we use the inspirational stories of H.P. Lovecraft as a springboard to show you that no matter what happens, from getting fired from your job to getting your head severed with a shovel, there's always a second chance. Even with that girl you were too shy to ask out. So get ready as young Herbert West shows you how to chase your dreams and never give up. It's 1985's inspirational masterclass, Reanimator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Luke Giaconetti. I would like to thank everyone for downloading and listening to our show today. And as usual, I am not alone here on the vault left to right across your podcast dial. It is the hair metal hero, Chris Tyler. Don't expect him to tango. He's got a broken back. <laughs> and also joining us is two true freaks. OG Chris Honeywell. Cat dead. Details later. <laughs> <laughs> And rounding out our our uh, our uh, cast today is my brother, Mr. Jay Giaconetti. Who's going to believe a talking head? Get a job in a sideshow. <laughs> uh, and you may David actually Byrne be able to... Joke. David Byrne joke. David Byrne. You may actually be able to tell what movie we are, are talking about tonight. Uh, from that round of uh, comments, we were, of course, talking about 1985's Reanimator, directed by Stuart Gordon, and of course starring um, Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton. This is uh, the second installment in our Horror Rack Hangers On uh, series. I invite you to go back and listen to our previous episode about uh, Sleepaway Camp, where I kind of gave the origin story of the Horror Rack Hanger On name and what that means. Basically, we're taking a look at movies that you, yes, you, gentle listener, would have found in the horror rack of your mom and pop video store, or even your early blockbuster back in the day on VHS. And Reanimator certainly is one of them. Uh, I have, uh, you, if you're a horror fan at all, you know the Reanimator VHS cover. Everybody knows uh, the Vestron VHS. Uh, there's two versions. There's one that's uh, kind of a bright blue, but the more well-known one is black. And of course, um, has the Reanimator one sheet adapted on the front 
where it says death is just the beginning. Herbert West has a very good head on his shoulders and another one in a dish on his desk. Classic. Classic VHS. I had that one sheet from the video release on my bedroom wall in high school. (laughs) It it really, it really is wonderful. And you know, the thing about reanimator and uh, let me just say this and I'll throw it out to you guys for your thoughts. This is a movie that I knew by reputation for years and years before I saw it. Because like I said, this was 1985. I was a little kid when this came out. But I knew that Reanimator was this beyond the pale gross movie for <laughs> a long, long time before I had seen it. And I remember seeing that VHS cover in the various different places where they had videos in Brewster, New York for many years before I saw it. And I always knew, and, and I think Dad was the one, Jay, that might have said, that movie's gross and you're, you know, that's way, way, no no way you guys are allowed to watch that when we were little. So that, that was my first memory of Reanimator, was knowing it by reputation. I, I went into the video store, into literally the mom and pop video store, and they said, oh, it's you. And they handed me, they handed me the poster for Reanimator and for Future Kill with the H.R. Giger. yeah, yeah. And then my friends saw the reanimator, po- and we re- rented both movies on the strength that we saw the poster. We were like, "H.R. Giger, we'll get this one." And how can you resist reanimator? And we—that was all we knew about reanimator. That was all we'd heard about it. So we we got it cold, out of nowhere, which was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Reanimator is one of those movies that, um, I mean, it would always show up on like um, any of the horror, like I don't, not not the ones of the old classic horror stuff, but like on Halloween time, they used to actually show things on like CBS and like ABC and stuff like that. Like Luke and I have been trying to track some of these things down for years. Uh, um, the like the oh, I'm trying to remember, like it was like, but one of them had um, like Robin Williams as part of it. It had all these actors and stuff, but they would always show like a clip from it and it was always when the, when the when the body sits up in there it's like there's because there's no nudity there's no swearing there's the blood is you know minimal kind of thing but it's always one of the things like what movie's that dad was like oh it's reanimator I'm like oh <laughs> wait, you have it he goes no he goes no it's because dad doesn't mean to be honest with you like this the reanimator before we even discussed horror rag hangers on it had become a discussion as should we do this on on, on bots bugs and babes and dad and dad's like eh, i don't really like this so we actually watched it together and he's like Man, we could. He goes, I don't have much to say about it. You know, kind of thing. It's not a movie Dad loves. Um, he goes, it's pretty gross though, and I'm like, yeah, it is pretty gross. But it's one of those things that it's it's legend is actually probably bigger than the film itself. Um, mm. The legend of Reanimator and, and like the idea like that it was it was not allowed in theaters because it was it couldn't get an R rating. Like it, they wanted to rate it X, but it wasn't porn. But it had to be rated X, kind of thing. It's like, <laughs> what could it? Be, what could be in it if it's not porn? You know, kind of thing. So, um, it's one of those. It's it's one of those things. It's like it's like the legend of the movie is bigger than the actual movie um, could ever hopefully could ever hope to live up to. It, I mean, it's it is insane. But it's like you know the they've hyped it up and hyped it up and hyped it up so much. It's like because in your mind you just build it up, build it up, build it up, and you're like, and not to say it's a letdown, but it's like. It never could live up to what in your mind you build it up to be if you've never seen it before. So, um, yeah. yeah, that that is that is definitely one thing about Reanimator is that you forget really how simple a movie it is yeah. for all of its because it's based on the short story by H.P. Uh, Lovecraft from 
1922. So it's reaching back there. Loosely based, of course. You know, pretty much all the Lovecraft adaptations are loosely based, okay? Because, you know... The ones that are uh, worth watching. Because when they're they're, they're strictly based, man, are they boring. So, let me tell you... And I've read a lot of Lovecraft, I'm just saying. Yeah. The best adaptation of H.P. Lovecraft, my personal favorite, if you go back into the vault archives, you can find me doing a dramatic reading of Pickman's Model, which is my favorite H.P. Lovecraft story, so I'll recommend that. But anyway, um, so, you know, it's... But again, its reputation is such that sometimes you forget that, really, from a narrative standpoint, Reanimator is a very simple movie, you know? There's, There's really only a couple of sets. There's only a handful of characters, you know, Stuart Gordon's direction, and I love Stuart Gordon. Stuart Gordon is 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 just a, as far as this type of cinema, Stuart Gordon's just one of the absolute best. And what's amazing is that watching the opening credits, first off, you get the credit that there is uh, the music is done by Richard Band, and this was an Empire Pictures release. And then special thanks go to Charles and Albert Band. Okay, yep. so Empire, of course, was the that was a company that existed before Full Moon. That was the band's company that that released um, Reanimator and Ghoulies and uh, some of the those other early films that you associate Dolls, the other ones that you associate with Charles Band. So Stuart Gordon, of course, would go on to direct several films for Full Moon. He did uh, The Pit and the Pendulum. Uh, he did uh, Castle Freak. He did a few of the others. But what's interesting to watch here is that his style in this film is like the prototype for the full moon cinema cinematography and directorial style. If you look at the way that this film is blocked out, the way this film is shot, it looks exactly like all the early full moons. So it definitely was finding that formula of let's take a story, let's a, you know make it in a, um, in, in, a, in a nice package and market it out there and give people the goods so that they enjoyed it and they'll rent it again. You know, so in a lot of ways, again, Reanimator, this was not on my original list because I was thinking the really, you know, ridiculous VHS movies. But um, it was either Jay or Hero who threw Reanimator out there. I'm like, oh, we have to do that because Reanimator is so important to 80s horror just for what it established, you know, divorced from the fact that it's a fantastic movie and it's a great time watching it, what it created as far as the stylistic tropes of 80s horror, specifically 80s direct-to-video horror, but is cannot be overstated. And Stuart Gordon does a fantastic job directing this movie. It's just, it just bounds along. It's endlessly full of energy. Ironically, it's almost as if it's been injected full of green liquid. Ah, yes. The reagent. Yes. <laughs> so, and, and it Luke just, it constantly that. tops itself. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's, well, I mean, and again, it's a horror rack hanger on, and it's a low essentially a low budget horror movie from the 80s but it's got all these great character actors in it i mean that's the thing like and it's got mitt romney i never knew mitt romney was so such a uh established actor man he's creepy in this (laughs) (laughs) oh man so luke mentioned uh stuart gore is your director uh your producer is brian yunza uh you know and He's very, again, he went on to do a lot of these kind of things. He's involved in a lot of the 80s into the 90s, into the 2000s horror movies. He's very involved there. Um, He was a big proponent of um, getting this made. He actually had originally planned the the two sequels that 
eventually were not the sequels that were made. But he had originally, like, he had envisioned this as, a, like, a, a trilogy and all this stuff. Like, it was this whole big plan. And it's just kind of funny when you start realizing the people who were on here who were kind of young and maybe unknown at the time who become kind of bigger players if you, like, uh, certain types of movies throughout, you know, and, uh, you know, you're like your horror and your horror maybe on the cheaper side of things um, who became kind of important later on. It's just kind of funny how they all kind of, you know, meet here, so to speak, you know, same. So, but be as it may, because uh, like, uh, like Brian Yoon's, uh, uh, he's known, obviously, um, uh, like Brian, a reanimator, and it's like he, he wound up being the writer and director on several things and stuff, too. But he was involved with a lot of stuff right through um, all different, uh, all, all the different, um, you know, stuff that came later on. So. So uh, I because I should we should say for perhaps some of our listeners who may not be familiar with this story, although I'm, I'm, I'm assuming if you're listening to the vault, you've probably seen Reanimator at least once, you know. Uh, so our story is about uh, med student Herbert West, who shows up at Miskatonic University and uh, is, uh, you know, transferring in after completing all the studies that he can in Europe. We, we know that ended under uh, mysterious circumstances. And uh, so young Mr. West finds himself, as I said, at Miskatonic University, and he has theories about a reagent which is able to extend uh, the, uh, the period upon from physical death that, tissue, that the brain can survive and tissue can be reanimated. And uh, he wants new ways to experiment with his reagent. And uh, to this end, like I said, he becomes a grad, he becomes a medical student, gets a roommate, and then shit gets real from there is basically the best <laughs> way that I can describe this. Yeah, I mean, the, the movie's only 85 minutes, and it sort of uh, launches in right from the get-go. There's not a lot Lots of it in every minute, yeah. Yeah. Not not a wasted, uh, wasted second in this no. entire movie. And, and- I, I just want to say... How close is this movie to be being just flat out? If you're a sick fuck, comedy. Oh, totally. Yes. As oh, a no, comedy, like funny. I basically found myself just, you know, the first time I watched this with a group of friends, it was great because it was mix of horror and and laugh and laughter because we just didn't expect it to get as gross as it got. <laughs> But upon yeah. subsequent wa- watchings, which I've had many, 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 every time I watch it, I go, oh, yeah, this movie is, like, truly hilarious, like, really well-written hilarious. And the, the acting, the timing, and the direction, but it's, you know, it just skirts the line of, of being a comedy. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the thing is, though, even, even though this movie is... Uh, has a lot of blood and gore and is gross. Okay, so perfect example is this: is that um, like if you, I don't, know, I mean, to me, I don't mean Hellraiser kind of seems tame now, but when Hellraiser came out, and even Hellbound is even worse. The uncut version, of, the unrated version of Hellbound, um, it just pushes and pushes the limit yeah. to what you can put on the screen. At no point in that movie do you laugh or smile or giggle at no. all because that though it is so dead serious. You know, like this is this is what hell is. This movie, it doesn't take anything seriously. Um, you know, kind of thing. Like, I mean, the, even the stuff that's like, oh my god, this is the serious stuff. Like, you're still looking at them, and it's just hard to take um, anything they're saying seriously. Like, 
you know, yeah. like just the way things are the lines are delivered, and like cause it's because it's very much has that. Well, I mean, Full Moon would later make a lot of like. I don't know what they, I'm going to call them comedies, but like they kind of are comedies, aren't they? Like Evil well, they, Bong. They'd, and, yeah, yeah. yeah they'd, they'd, they'd make, yeah, they'd, they'd make horror comedies that lead yeah. more heavily into comedy. Into comedy, yeah. This, yeah. it doesn't lean there, but I'm saying this has, like, it's kind of the, like, they put zingers in on purpose. They put things, this, it reminds me kind of the way, uh, I think of it like British, like, like okay, so when you, when, when, when I watch like British horror movies, like you could watch Hammer stuff, and there's no there's no humor in that. Or you could watch the newer stuff, which is like I mean, the Simon Pegg and you know guys like 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 Shaun of the Dead and stuff like that. Shaun of the Dead's a comedy, but it's also one of the best zombie movies ever made, right? Yeah. You're like, holy crap, this is a really good zombie movie, but it's yeah. really freaking yeah. funny, you know? Well, yeah, and, and so the the advantage Reanimator has is that yes, it is an extremely gruesome movie, but compared yeah. to some of its compatriots in the late '70s and early '80s, it's the the uh, the gruesome aspects are so over the top that they become yeah. absurdist, yeah. and it's not you, know, so it's, you can't you can't help but laugh at it because it's it's just so ridiculous. And oh, I yeah. don't mean that as a pejorative. I mean that as a as a compliment. It's like oh. the it you know Lovecraft. Lovecraft is a, was a weird dude. I don't think anybody's going to argue that. The <laughs> Lovecraft had he had a very he had a very dry sense of black humor in a lot of his stories, and that comes through in this that. Maybe this isn't the best idea, you know. Just because you can do it, maybe you shouldn't do it, and it's not yeah. going to have good results. The, yeah, the the straighter the straighter the acting from Jeffrey Combs, the funnier it is. Oh it God, is, he, yeah, he yeah. is he is a na- he really is a national treasure, isn't he? He certainly is. And, I mean, and again, like you said, with the dry sense of humor, he is. I mean, he's like Sahara Desert dry, absolutely. Yeah. Nothing phases him in this movie. Yeah. No, he's like, he's, and he's like he's this weird. Focused. He's yes, singularly he's focused this, on what he wants to do. <laughs> he's this weird, intense prick who's like a combination of Anthony Perkins and Stephen Colbert. Like, <laughs> yeah, and you know, just, the, the, yeah, the you talk you talk about uh, uh, it's you know singularly obsessed prick. The line I had if I hadn't brought it in was going to be Mr. West, I suggest you get yourself a pen. Oh, yeah. No, he's... <laughs> as, a, as a huge fan, as, as my brother will tell you, as a huge fan of woodcase pencils, two random acts of violence against a totally innocent pencil in this movie. So... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Herbert West always has another pencil, too. A good pencil... Yeah. A good pencil user always has a backup. Everybody knows that, but yeah, yeah. have to. But have but, to. but see, but even but even a statement like even him just breaking the pencil and them glaring at each other over the cadaver, it's like <laughs> oh come on. <laughs> but, it, but at the same time, it's you know the subject matter is somewhat serious, but no one's taking it seriously, which which makes the horrific aspects when it does lean into the horror aspects that much worse. I always think of the bit. Um, I'm going to jump way ahead here from when they're in at the end when they're in the morgue the last time and all the bodies all sit up yeah. and it's a genuine oh shit moment yeah. that, that's not funny yeah, because, so you're like oh yeah you know <laughs> and at the beginning of the scene he's just sort of calmly working his laser on that one body and you're like ah what's he doing and then you're like thinking ah they just have him doing something you know until you know and you sort of forget about it once they start talking to each other but then is, when they all when they all sit up, it all makes sense. It's just perfectly timed and perfectly well, this executed. Is 
This is after Dr. Hill's body does a Muppet Man with the, with the, the, the puppet head and the ear falls off, too. So it's like, it's two extremes in five minutes. <laughs> The yeah. best part with, with with Dr. Hill is just how disgusted he looks at the body. You, if you, if you expect him to just start going, no, this his, way. Oh, his, like, his incredulity <laughs> at his own body, not doing what he wants. Yeah, I'm not so I'm, pissy. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry. The, the 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 headless body of Dr. Hill, for anybody who out there who is a fan of Futurama. That is the final fate of Spiru Agnew on Futurama. Is he is a he is a body without a head? Like yes. That. <laughs> it's so funny though too how he's just like oh, like it always reminded me like you know you know at Disney in the in the haunted mansion, uh, mm-hmm. all the heads that are there right you know that they, they and they're all the it's like they're projected so they move and whatever. It's just yes. and then ones like fell over and I'm like I could just see that like they it'd be funny if they just had another part where literally there's just this like headless bodies walking around aimlessly crashing into the walls you know kind of thing it's just so funny the the, the thing is though but like everything even even the line that uh uh honeywell said and he said the end of it right uh that's yeah. that's when they when they come in i mean just the fact that dan is so like mad about the cat and he and he goes you can call or write a note and it, when, he says i was busy pushing body around as you well know uh, what would the note say, Dan? Cat dead. Details later. Like literally, <laughs> it's delivered. It's a comedic line delivered 100% dead serious. What did you want me to do? Write you a yeah. note? Like it, it's not even done. Sar- it, it has sarcasm to it, but it's not like he's joking. He literally is saying, "What the hell do you want me to do?" And li- when it happened, Dad and I are laughing our asses off watching this thing. And Haley kind of like, "What are you guys watching?" I'm like, "Reanimator." She goes, "I don't really want to watch this." And she leaves because she's like, I don't, I don't really know what this is. If she had known there's going to be bodies jumping up and down, she might have stayed. But she was like, what are you watching? I'm playing my babies. You know, kind of thing. She yeah. went on the hill. But it's like, that's the problem. Everything, literally every line is delivered straight. And it was funny because Jeffrey Combs always felt that the, the, you know, the line I said there, you know, who's going to believe a headless, uh, you know, uh, a talking head, get a job in a sideshow. Like the, the sideshow line was laughed through at all of the screenings and stuff. They always felt people started laughing too early and they missed the, he felt, they thought they missed the actual comedic line he was delivering. And I'm like, I get it. But like, literally there are tons of lines missed in this movie. Cause you're laughing at what you're seeing. <laughs> right. When, right. When, yeah. when, when the ear falls off the head, you're like, okay, like, are you even serious right now? Well, that's why so, that's why this bears up to repeated, repeated yeah. viewings, you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Well, you know the, I mean that that that's the thing, and that's uh that's one of the reasons I think that that it, it hung on for so long, like you said, Chris, because it, it holds up to repeated viewings. It has this this like I said this crazy reputation for being this, like I said, just beyond the beyond the pale, uh, gruesome. But it, you know, to me, what a lot of things I always associate horror rack hangers on is when it would be uh, a Friday night or something, and I would go with my friends when we were in high school, and we'd go get movies. And you wanted something, yeah, you'd often get horror rack. You might try and get wild things to get some TNA in there, you know, right? But uh, I do remember the one time that Bob and Greg and I rented wild things, and the sex scene had been rewound so many times it was just smoke. <laughs> That, that is a shoot, by the way. You can ask Bob Hansen or Greg Dougal that question, and they will vouch for me. But in any event, you know, so you wanted something that you were going to watch with a crowd. You Usually VHS, 
you know, if, if you watch, if you rented it and watched it by yourself and you liked it, you'd tell everybody about it and you'd watch it again, you know? So Reanimator is a perfect, like, horror party movie, you know? Because they can say, now there's everyone laughing, now you're cheering at it also, right? It's, yeah. it's, a per, it, it's, not, it's not this deep narrative that it's going to change your life if, if, and if you miss one line of dialogue, you're lost forever. No, you're going to be hooting and hollering over this, and it's perfect for that because it's just so damn entertaining. So, well, originally, Stuart Gordon had they, they wanted to shoot the movie in black and white on 16-millimeter film. He wanted to give it a grim, gritty quality, and I'm like, thank God someone talked him out of that. No, <laughs> this <laughs> nice, bright colors in this yeah. glowing yeah, green, nice, bright red. It works oh, yeah, perfectly. Yeah, yeah well, they, the... use, they use glow stick, uh, the gel, the liquid and glow yeah. sticks. That's what's used to make the uh, the re, the. Um, the, re, the reanimator stuff like the, the serum reagent, that's all that yeah. is reagent yeah mm -hmm. what I'm saying is could you, if Stuart, Stuart Gordon would thought he was going to make a real serious gritty grim movie and I'm like wow could we go 180 degrees any further like I mean <laughs> like, I mean okay maybe maybe you could have made like Pee Wee's Playhouse and they like whatever but I was like seriously I don't know how much more opposite of grim 16 millimeters black and white movie you could make than reanimator like literally yeah. this thing is like red from wall to wall you know kind of oh thing. yeah so, technicolor <laughs> overload i mean the credits alone yeah. kind of tell you what you're getting into yeah yeah <laughs> and I, so, I love the uh and i love the use of the riffs from psycho yeah oh yeah the, it's, the, it's that that is flat out yeah it's it's just it's just love letter at that point but it works perfectly it's it's got a little danny elfman to it too the soundtrack does it's yeah Oh, it, it, yeah. it's it's got the sharp stabby psychoness to it, but it's also yeah, well, got it's a little bit of I'll say Elfman was a uh, I mean Elf. Yeah, I mean El but Elfman yeah. loved um, what's what's his name who did uh, Bernard Herman. Like, Bernard Herman. Yeah. If just just listen to his listen to Elfman's score for Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, and yeah. a yeah. lot of that is Herman. You know, if uh, um, if you ever get an opportunity, uh, Jay knows what I'm going to say here. Uh, Danny Elfman's compilation album, Music for oh a Darkened Theater. The, the selections from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. It's got the breakfast machine, of course, but of then course. it's got a lot of the stuff from in well, from other scenes, and it's all Bernard Herman. It's like, wow, it's Bernard Herman, you know. But <laughs> that, that album is outstanding. If, if oh, any yeah. listeners have never have never had a chance to listen to it, I'm I'm sure it's available. I don't I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's you can get it, but like if you've never heard the Danny Elfman uh, selections from a darkened theater or. I may have messed that up, but that's what it, whatever music, it is. It's music, music for a darkened theater. It's the name of that album. Yeah. I had it almost there. Um, close, yeah, yeah. So yeah, almost. Um, so, but the thing is, it's well worth the time to listen to. Be like, oh, Jay, I don't like that kind of stuff. You will because there. This is every like, if you're the right age, it's really every movie you saw during the late eighties <laughs> and nineties. It's the theme song of it, and it's so good. So. Uh, the thing I wanted to say before, and I knew I had to mention it, okay, so the special effects department said they went through 24 gallons of fake blood during the shoot, nice. right? Which, the thing is, that they had said they had never used more than two gallons of blood on any shoot ever beforehand, and they used 24 here. So, to say that there's a lot of fake blood in this movie is pretty spot on. I mean, well, you got, like, and you gotta, and you gotta figure also, remember, you know, a, um, uh, a thing of a gallon of fake blood goes a long way. Oh, yeah. A little bit of fake blood goes a long way. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like in what is, is that Evil Dead Two when it actually like that when it's just absolutely pouring on him. Like I mean, just yes. and like 
It's just like, oh my god, oh my god, is this gonna stop anytime soon? Any, there's anytime, a there's a lot anytime? of spraying in this movie. Yeah. So I'm saying is, but but it's, but it's it's but it's like that same way. Like, okay, so the same thing with like the Evil Dead movie. Like, well, Evil Dead Two more than Evil Dead One, right? Evil Dead Two is not supposed to be a comedy, but you laugh a whole bunch through that movie, right? I mean, it's not like Army of Darkness because let's face it, Army of Darkness like they were just doing slapstick at some point, yes. in that thing, right? But that's the it whole point. It was basically Three Stooges. Yeah, it was. Well, it is. Yeah. Well, that well that was. Well, I mean that that was that was a that was a description of. Uh, Evil Dead 2, right? Is that uh, it, the theory that Ash dies in the first five minutes and then spends uh, the rest of the film in hell as run by yeah. the Three Stooges? Right. <laughs> what I'm saying, so, but the thing is, but like, but Evil Dead 2 is considered to, again, it was supposed to be, quote unquote, a straight horror, a horror movie, not a, not a horror comedy, but a horror movie. But it's funny. Reanimator falls in that same boat, which is why those movies are able to be watched uh, repeatedly and they don't get, like, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I mean, I've seen Hellraiser a number of times. I've seen Hellbound, uh, you know, Hellraiser 2, a, you know, a number of times. But it's not a movie I'm like, let me, oh, let me pop that on because I really want to, like, you know, like, you could put on Reanimator and totally just be like, you know, if you're like, ah, oh, you know, like, you could watch it and not feel like the end, like, oh, I'm so down. Like, at the end of Reanimator, like, that was insane. Yeah. Like, you watch, you watch a Hellraiser, you watch Hellraiser or, or, Hell, or you know, or Hellbound. Like literally at the end of the movie, you're like, I mean, whether you like them or not, and that's again that up there. People, you're like, you're not there going, wow, that was a fun time. Like it literally is like, okay, okay, it's a lot of people getting ripped apart there. I mean, that guy had it coming, but you know, like that's a lot of hooks in that guy's flesh. You know, or kind of thing. Or like, <laughs> he doesn't have any skin. You know, kind of thing. Like, but here you're like, wow. That guy's head is raping that woman. That's awesome. Right? <laughs> but it's funny as hell. That's yeah. Hey, that caused him to get divorced. So uh, yeah, he actually blames that his um, uh, D uh, David Gale actually uh, his wife divorced him right after the film, and he felt that 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 rape scene with it where his head is raping her uh, or attempts to rape her, I should say, um, that is one of the things that led to the divorce. Um, that sounds like him just justifying the divorce in my book, but uh, yeah. you know, hey, that's, that's fine. But that scene is like, so okay. So there's a lot of people who like they're like, oh, reanimator, and they're like, that's the one where they brings people back from the dead. And then there's the head scene, the head where he's trying to like, you know, you know, he's he's, he's trying to like rape that woman. Like people remember that. That is the takeaway a lot of people have from this movie. <laughs> so. I, I well, because it's that. the literal head scene. Yep. Yes, no, I know, but I'm saying is, but it's like, it's so funny, people are like, oh yeah, oh, I remember that part with the head, and then like, like yeah, well, of course remember, you remember, you know how they say, you know, show them something they've never seen before? Yeah. That was I've not just something you've never seen before, that was something you never expected to see, never knew that you wanted to see it, never knew that it had to be done, yeah. and yeah. It, it was, you know, it, it was, it was a movie <laughs> just giving you a little extra that it really didn't even have to give you. No. And like, I mean, when that, by the time that part happened and the thing about it is, okay, you've got that sequence and it's just, uh, you know, escalation of horror as she, you know, she just sees the fake head, the, the, fake head. <laughs> the real head. She's just going from one yeah. thing. It's just getting worse and worse every time I'm naked. <laughs> There's a somebody with a fake head on it. There's the uh, another head, and it's the guy that used to creep on me, and uh, and it just start and he's it's just getting tenser and tenser and more ridiculous, 
and then it's just cut with Herbert West's, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm ashamed of you, you know, cavorting with co with ditzy coeds and stuff. <laughs> it it brought the. I remembered, you know, my friends and I sitting in my living room, and that that line just bringing the house down, just like game set match <laughs> was over. We were just like rolling on the floor, like, how could this movie ever be any better than this? <laughs> yeah. I rewatching it this weekend. Um, I think the guys from Ash vs. the Evil Dead rewatched the finale of this movie quite a bit for that second season episode where they're in the uh, the cold oh, yeah. room. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> Between uh, it plus this movie's got dead animals and uh, naked zombies, so you know that was already yeah. cool. But then it also has, I'm going to have this giant intestine shoot out of an abdomen, yeah, <laughs> and start strangling our protagonist. Yeah, yeah. Oh this, this, and the, this and Evil Dead Two and Return of the Living Dead, all live in that wonderful world of comedy horror that works perfectly. Yep. And na- yeah. and animal yeah. abuse and naked corpses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this cat, this poor cat. First of all, even when the cat's alive, it sounds like a fly when it like lands on his back. Mm. It's just like <laughs> it's the weirdest sounding cat. But the, the, this guy, if this this guy obviously loved his cat because he freaked out when he saw it was dead. He figures you got to figure out real quick that Herbert West killed the cat. You know. This guy's right. killing his cat, just ruining his life, and yet he's just the the. It's almost it's almost implausible, but they give him enough skin in the game that it's plausible that this just sort of, you know, smart but kind of lunky jockey, good natured guy is gonna end up teaming up with Herbert West. You know, I mean, I. I probably would have beat him up after my cat and called the police or whatever. But, uh, nope. He just, no. they, they, they sort of become, become pals. <laughs> well, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, Herbert gives him the, the, the least believable excuse. <laughs> I mean, let me tell you something. I used to live, uh, when I, when I was living with my, my wife back when we were first dating, okay. Her roommate had four cats. Okay, when in a, in a duplex apartment that was supposed to have zero animals, we had four cats. Okay, and one of these cats, whose name, because uh, our roommate was, um, you know, uh, very, um, you know, thought of herself very literal, literal, was named Diogenes. And Diogenes would tear apart the trash and then sit in it every goddamn day. Okay, <laughs> no matter how many times you, you you shoved his face in the trash and said bad Diogenes and whipped him in the in the in the in the hindquarters, he kept tilling up the damn trash every day. He never once stuck his head in a jar and suffocated. I can tell you that right now. And he had ample opportunity because he looked through every single piece of trash in that trash can for months. When your All creepy right? new ro- when your creepy ro- new roommate has your cat's bloody corpse just sitting in his refrigerator with the door open, <laughs> and he's referring to it as a beast and a wretch. Yeah. You know, you, you can pretty much guess that his story about finding its head in the can. Why is its head? In the, did he, he removed its head from the can? Why? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, it's, yeah. And it's it's to say it's to say like Herbert West has no time for anything or anyone that isn't of use to him. You know, like he just hates um, 
um, what's her name? Just, Barbara just Hampton, Morgan. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. he hates uh, Megan. Megan. Yeah, Meg. Morgan, yeah, Meg. Yeah. Yeah, he just disregards her completely as a human being and doesn't even bother to pretend to her boyfriend <laughs> that he's <laughs> going to give her any regard either. It's he's just he's such a prick. It's amazing. Yeah. Now, I think that's let, me, one... let me ask. Go ahead, Jeff. I was saying. I think. I think. Uh, I mean, I, that depending on what movies you saw. Be, for this and stuff like that, this might be your first introduction, depending on you know what you saw, to uh, Jeffrey Combs as an actor. Um, but like he would later go on in like you know, like uh, um, I mean like Necronomicon and From Beyond and like all these other like these other movies that I think Stuart Gordon directed almost every one of them. Um, you know, kind of thing or had his hand in them. Like it's funny like when you start, you kind of like that's who he is. But if this is your introduction to him, you're like. Holy cow! This is all, like like this guy is something else because it's it's like it's like when you first like I don't mean like when you like it, 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 I'm not saying like like when you saw Bruce Campbell in like a little bit role somewhere. But when you first saw Bruce Campbell and you like you know as Ash, you're like uh huh. Who else could have played this role? No one. Like <laughs> Herbert West yeah. is literally Jeffrey Combs. When Jeffrey Combs plays in a role that's not Herbert West, I feel like he's that's when he's acting. Like, I feel like this is really just the way Jeffrey Combs is. You know if, if I could, yeah, well, to make it aside, just to tie this back, because this is Two True Freaks, our younger listeners may know Jeffrey Combs best. He was the second uh, person to portray the Scarecrow on Batman Animated. He was the, yeah. he voiced when Scarecrow got his third design, which was the really creepy yeah. design with the noose around his neck. Jeffrey Combs yeah. played the Scarecrow, a perfect role for Jeffrey Combs playing the demented doctor as uh, Dr. Jonathan Crane uh, then would go on to much greater renown for DC animated fans. He played the question, that's right, on Justice League. And again, the the, the, the dry deadpan was perfect for the question as well. Also has one of my favorite lines of of all DC animated when uh, Supergirl says, are you going through my trash? And he goes, please. I go, I go through everyone's trash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but yeah, you're right. I mean, that. I mean, again, a lot. Of, like I said, a lot of a lot of people know Jeffrey Combs more from being the question. But again, if you're a horror fan, you know, he yeah, he's you know that that's who he is. It's no question. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> he's He's so perfect in the Frighteners too. Mm, yeah. yeah. Everybody forgets well, that one. Yeah. Right. But I'm saying this. But like here, like literally. Um, you know, this is, this is, I mean, when I think of Jeffrey Combs, like, remember, like, when he's in, um, um, House on a Hill, the remake, the, the, the Dark Castle remake, where he plays one of the doc, he plays the doctor, which again, is a role for him to play. Um, you know, I'm thinking myself going, okay, but like, is he Herbert West here? Because that makes a lot more sense if he is, you know, any, anything he's in, I'm always feeling like that's, that's Herbert West. Like, like, like that's kind of like, instead of thinking of Jeffrey Combs, <laughs> that, like that would, West. that would make as much sense as about the rest of that movie does. So that works, you know? <laughs> okay. That movie well, then maybe it's really... like, it's like, um, Mark Hamill, who like everywhere he go, any movie he's going to be in, they're going to be like, Oh, it's Luke Skywalker. So it's like time for voice work. <laughs> <laughs> he's the Joker. I'm sorry, but Mark Hamill is the joke. I mean, if, if you're going to do an animated movie and you don't have Mark Hamill play the Joker, I don't think you're really even trying. Just yeah. saying. Well, that's so, the thing. That was the only way he could reinvent his his career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. was to do voice work. Yeah. Yeah, but I was just saying. Anyway, but but it's just funny when you see him in something else. You're like, man, 
why, why is why is Herbert West doing this? Oh, I mean, I mean, Jeffrey Holmes, you know, kind of thing. Because <laughs> like, the thing is, they a lot of times have him play roles where he's a doctor or he's whatever, like because he's like, oh yeah, well, because yeah. he looks like he could be. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he looks like a creep, so he plays it, <laughs> and, and he looks like an academic, so he plays a creepy academic of some kind. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's typecasting, sure, but you know, if you're good at it. Yeah. Well, that's that's what happened to Dennis Leary after exactly. the Joy Luck Club. The Joy Luck Club. He couldn't get a role where he wasn't playing an older Asian woman. It's just so bad that, that he didn't yeah, get Dennis Leary. Such like a that. talent, and he's just pigeonholed. I mean, it happens in Hollywood all the time, unfortunately. <laughs> Herbert, what? That he could play. He could play um, Tim Kazarinsky in the Tim Kazarinsky story. Oh. <laughs> 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 Who would play Mary so. Gross? Um, the, <laughs> did, did, now, did you guys... Now, you know, there are... As, as, as uh, Jay, you alluded to earlier, there are two sequels to Reanimator. Okay, there's oh, yeah. Bride of Reanimator and Beyond Reanimator. Did you guys hear about the treatment for the third sequel to Reanimator? Which, this was around, around 2000, 2001. This movie never got made, but this script was apparently developed... And, uh, and and there was a treatment out there. Did you guys ever hear about this one? No. Because this this is this is an unmade film that I wish would have been made. So the story for this goes that remember this is like 2000 2001, right in the middle of uh, George W. Bush's uh, presidency. That basically would have been the White House brings in Herbert West to keep the president alive because he has suffered some fatal injury and, it's, and they can't have the president die in office during the current political climate. So it would have been the re, you know, Herbert West reanimating George W. Bush. Yeah. Oh, man. That would, that have, been would have been fucking awesome. gold. Yes, it would have. <laughs> well, you know why it would have been I, gold? And I say that, I and I say that as someone... Excuse me. And I say that as someone who voted for W. Bush twice. Okay? I, that would have been I have, gold. I have two words why this movie would be gold. Dick Cheney. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, Dick Cheney would be carrying his head around at some point in this movie. <laughs> and I'm, again, I'm, and I'm saying this as again as I go voted for Bush. I'd gl- oh man, I was like, oh, they've got to make this. They never happened, unfortunately. One of those one of those great lost projects. I, I had to mention that on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so um you know it's funny is that and i i actually had heard about that too i didn't remember when it was if it was i know i know beyond reanimator is 2003 um and beyond reanimator okay, be honest beyond reanimator is kind of like eh, like brighter reanimator is much better than beyond reanimator and it's like because at this point you're just like okay okay like it's 2003 like we got a lot of crazy shit right now you know kind of thing um but it was funny they actually um that the the film itself is actually planned. The, the, the movie that Luke, Luke was talking about, that the, the the fourth installment, or it could have been the third, or whatever how he would have put it. It actually was um, referenced in the in the end of a crossover with Hack and Slash, the comic book, where Herbert West gets a call from the emergency an emergency call from the White House. So they actually referenced that in the comics. They did Reanimator meets Hack and Slash. Herbert West meets Hack and Slash, like in a, in a comic right. book or whatever you want. To, I don't remember what it was called. I didn't read it. I just know that it was in there, and I'm like. Oh my God, that's so funny! Like you know, kind of thing. <laughs> but again, we also saw comic books come out that allowed the things that could never actually happen in Hollywood to happen. 
you know, right. Freddy versus and, Jason and, versus Ash, and like you know, and things like the, that. Yeah, and the the sequel to Freddy versus Jason versus Ash as well. Yeah. The yeah. um the now here's here's the thing with if they had made that film, it had to be called Doctor West Goes to Hollywood, right? Oh my God! Or Doctor so Doctor West Goes to Washington. Goes to I mean, Washington, right? You've got to call it Doctor West yeah. Goes to Washington. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Reanim- yeah, Reanimator 3, Dr. West goes to Washington. Yeah, yeah, it could be a double feature with Billy Jack goes to Washington. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, don't tell him that. You are not more cut open than Buford Pusser. That's not true. <laughs> That's a different thing altogether. <laughs> Do you see this syringe? I'm going to take this syringe. I'm going to stick it right in your brain stem. There's not a thing you can do about it. Oh, <laughs> uh, why isn't there a Billy Jack and Reanimator mashup? See that the you one I was thinking book. was. See, I, I was thinking like a Death Wish Reanimator mashup. Oh, hey, Doctor West, how you doing? <laughs> I gotta. <laughs> I can't even do it. It's like, what would he even say? <laughs> I'm just thinking he's he getting reanimated in that movie. That could be crazy. Swallow it. Swallow it. That's Kinjite. That's not uh, <laughs> that's not Death Wish, though. <laughs> that's, that's where he shoves a thing up the guy's... Uh, well, anyway, that's neither here nor there. That's <laughs> not what uh, Death Wish 4, he puts the rat poison in the cannoli, right? Or whatever. That's Death, yeah, Death Wish 5. I, I, there, there are Five. two movies Sorry. that feature... Yeah, there are two <laughs> movies that feature Death by Cannoli. Uh, that I'm aware of, and it's Godfather Part 3 and Death Wish 5, and Death Wish 5 is way better than Godfather Part 3. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is. I mean, it, Death, it, Wish, Death Wish 5 also has a soccer ball filled with that's napalm. Right. That's what I was gonna say. Hey, that Frankie, I'm going to take care of... I'm going to take care of that danger problem for you. <laughs> 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 yes, that's great. I, 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 that's the one. I, I, I couldn't remember if it was four or five. It was on the other day, and I was watching. I'm like, oh my god, this is great. He's gonna kill him with a cannoli, and Haley goes, why would you ruin a perfectly good cannoli? I was like, that's a great question, Haley, because Daddy asked the same thing. Uh, because <laughs> Charles Bronson doesn't care. Yeah. I, I do have to. I have to. Jay, Jay knows this story. I was uh, for a job. I was out in San Francisco a few months back, and. Uh, I was out there by myself, so I was I was walking from my hotel down to this indoor. It's like an indoor street food market, right? So you can just find different places to eat, and, you know, and everything. It's getting dinner, and I'm walking, and I'm just walking on the streets, right? And I'm the oldest guy around, probably by about ten years, you know. And uh, and I'm walking the streets of San Francisco by myself, and I'm like, man, if I had a flannel coat and a gun, I'd be Charles Bronson right now. <laughs> <laughs> I even had the ice cream. I've got my ice cream. <laughs> no, Luke Jack and Eddie. <laughs> Luke Jack and Eddie. A man, one flannel jacket and a gun from being Charles Bronson. <laughs> oh my god. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, Coming soon from yeah. Demonsicore Pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alright, so again, folks, if you're, if you uh, I mean, if you haven't seen Reanimator and you've already listened to this, sorry, but like, man, I mean, how you not seen Reanimator? Um, it actually has a, uh, um, uh, you know, regular release. So you can get a kind of budget value kind of thing, you know, kind of on Blu-ray. It's beautiful. It's uh, got a ton of special features on it. I mean, that's like, you can probably get it, I don't know, it's like six, seven bucks. It's super cheap. I think I got it like, you know, like in one of the, like the, the 598 bin at like Walmart or something like that. Super cheap. 
Um, I actually did buy the special Criterion uh, or Arrow. And I forgot. I don't have it in front of me. I think oh, it's Arrow Production. That's, that's the company out of England, which basically makes basically Criterion like versions of things, and that has everything. I got that used probably for like 11 bucks. It's totally. They're available. They're out there. Um, it, you know. There's there is some there is some um, something to be said for watching it. Let's say in a, uh, when you watch a, an old VHS of this, because it kind of like takes you back, where it's kind of like maybe it like flips a little bit, maybe it's a little fuzzy. But uh, if you want to see what the movie looks like and see all those colors, man, the Blu-rays are impeccable. So oh, yeah. um, and I think it's on it's on YouTube and stuff. I'm assuming, right? At some point. Yeah, the the yeah. The, the version on YouTube is really nice too. So it might be ripped from the actual either the yeah. cleaned up DVD or because the DVD was clean too. It's yeah, because so that's because that's that's the one I have. I have the Anchor yeah. Bay two disc mm-hmm. special edition, which is yeah. wonderful if you can find yeah. that one. Anchor Bay, yeah. you know, back back in the '90s, Anchor Bay was doing yeoman's work with these horror yep. movies, and they've yep. been they've been subsequently kind of their their space their 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 position in the market has been usurped by like uh, Shout Factory and. Yeah. Uh, you know some of these other other outfits, but man, they their their discs were first off their VHS tapes were great. I don't know that they ever did a VHS of Reanimator because Reanimator was always in print from Vestron. You could find that tape for years, but I know they did the DVD that because that's what I watched. That that is wonderful if you can yep. find that one too. Yep. Yeah, and, and the nice part is that uh, um, when you again, like Luke said, Reanimator has been available for a long time, so this is not someone like, oh, how am I going to find this thing? Like. It's something that's a little, because sometimes when Dad and I are like, like, you know, planning something out, let's say for Bots, Bugs, and Babes, and we have a copy of it, and I'm like, yeah, but this thing's been out of print for 20 years, Dad. And he goes, so I go, so you, no one else may have ever, like, literally, there's no way to see this movie except that you have to own it, like, literally, you know, like you're gonna spend like sixty dollars sometimes on a DVD right. to get to see it. I'm like, no one, I don't want people spending sixty bucks on a movie to see something if they're not gonna like it. You know, yeah. even in eight yeah, we, um, right. yeah, well, you know, we had the we had the same issue on Earth Destruction Directive. We did Son of Godzilla, which has yeah. been out of print on DVD for years and years. That the cri- as we're recording this, we're coming up on the release date of the Criterion Godzilla collection. Oh, Finally, thanks, to have Son of Godzilla back in Son of Godzilla and Godzilla versus uh, Mechagodzilla from 1974 yep. to finally have those back in circulation here in the West. That alone yeah. makes that that box set worth it for the same reason, yeah. like you said. Yeah, and that's and that's part of what it comes down to too. And, and again, um, a horror rack hanger on, you know. And I know Luke described this uh, with uh, a sleepaway camp, but like it kind of is that it's always been around, you know, kind of thing. It's a movie that like you're like, oh, I, I think I remember that. Like you've seen it, but it's always there. It was always in the video store where you you know had a really cool cover. It's staying on the shelf. It's always been there, you know, kind of thing. So when those things become like hard to find, you're like, man, it's weird. And thank God that Reanimator is in the boat where it's totally you can totally find this thing, and it's worth the time to go and yeah. see it. If you're like, oh, I saw Reanimator back in the day, I saw it in the '80s. Like, yeah, well, maybe you need to go revisit it because <laughs> trust me, you just need to revisit it. You know? Um, yeah. You might you might have some PTSD watching it, but you know. No, I mean. You know, depending upon what your sensitivities are. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it certainly couldn't be made today. That's for damn sure. All I know. <laughs> I, I place this in the pantheon of perfect movies, like with Raiders of the Lost Ark, Jaws, Evil Dead Part Two, Return of the Living Dead, um, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Is just it, it hits it on every level: writing, directing, acting, um, 
setting out to do, you know, doing what it sets out to do and more. And it's just pitch perfect in every way. There's nothing I would change about it. Every time I watch it, it's a delight. I, it's evergreen. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Ever read. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you'll definitely get your your gore fix and your dry humor fix and your uh, full nudity. nudity and yeah. zombie nudity <laughs> and intestinal strangulation. Uh, yeah. And a yep, Muppet Man, absolutely. so I'm always yeah. I'm always good with Muppet Man. <laughs> the head, the head, when the ear falls off, yes. I'm like good. And Dad just like, what do we watch? I'm like, you don't remember? He goes, no, because he had seen he'd seen it, he hadn't seen it often. Like, it's it's oh got God, drilling, man. it's got biting, it's got peeling, it's got exploding. <laughs> yeah, it's got all those gerunds. You know, it's got <laughs> sweet sweet loving. Uh, <laughs> and some not so sweet sweet loving. Yeah, and some not so sweet loving. Oh man, it's 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 it's. I'm not gonna say it's fun for the whole family. It is not. It's no, certainly no, no, no. it is fun. But if you're a sick <laughs> this, this is this like is not are. this like you know th there's you know we we've slowly started introducing because my kids aren't like aren't like Jay's daughter you know they haven't been watching horror movies since they were in utero okay mm -hmm. so uh, my so we've started slowly introducing horror movies to them and my wife's not a big horror fan either because um, my mother-in-law may she rest in peace she was. And so that turned my wife off to it at a very early age, actually. So this is not one I'm going to be showing my wife anytime soon. So. No, this is, it's a, it's definitely a party horror movie. It just depends on who's at the party. Really, yeah. it's, it's fun for the whole Adams family. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's that's a timely reference. <laughs> Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two, Two True, True Freaks. Freaks. Half dead. Details later.